Hello, friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. I'd like to say hello to Annie and Emma. Hello to Shalev, who is six, and his brother Hadar. We have a special shout-out for Matan and Leah, who live in Ranana, from their grandma, Aunt Sam, Aunt Shana, and Gidget. They miss you very much and want you to know how much they love you. You are both amazing, strong, and curious kids, and they are so proud of you. Make sure to listen to your mom and Abba and give them a big hug. Grandpa, too. Happy birthday to Camilla Facciani from Atlanta, Georgia, who is turning five years old on October 9th and has a big move from Atlanta to London in the UK. Happy belated birthday to Ella from Windsor, Ontario, Canada, who turned eight on October 2nd, and Adele, who turned 10 on October 7th. Love mom and dad. Happy belated birthday to Everett from New Jersey, who turned 10 on October 4th. Mama and Papa love you more than anything, are very proud of you, and look forward to family time with you every day. Happy belated birthday to Bianca from her good friend Ara. Happy birthday to Paul, who is turning four on October 9th. Love Mommy, Daddy, and Emmy. They love you so much. Happy birthday to Beckett in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, who is turning eight on October 9th. Mom and Dad are so proud of the kind, inquisitive young man you are growing up to become and love you. Happy birthday to Owen, who is turning eight on October 10th. Happy birthday to Mila from Tuscan, Arizona, who is turning six on October 9th. Mommy, Daddy, Shiloh, and Bruno love you so much and are so proud of you. Happy birthday to Rhea from San Francisco, California, who is turning five on October 13th. Mommy, Daddy, Simba, and Lily love you very much. Also, happy birthday to Montana, Rhea's best friend who turned five on October 7th. Happy birthday to Abriance, who is turning six on October 13th. Happy birthday to Harriet, who is turning six on October 13th. Happy birthday to Omari, who is turning seven on October 13th. Happy birthday to Amara Chaba, who is turning 10 on Friday, October 13th. From Papa, Mama, and Arav. Have a spooktacular birthday. Happy birthday to Julianne from Edmonton, Alberta, who is turning seven on October 13th. From Dad, Mom, Byron, and Barkley. Happy birthday to Linus, who is turning eight on October 15th. And happy birthday to Apollo from the Philippines, who is turning six on October 15th. Keep up the good work at school. Stay kind and amazing. Mama Joan and Papa Brian love you so much. Happy birthday to you all. I hope you have a wonderful day. Shoutouts and birthday wishes are one way we give thanks to our supporters. 
If you would like to support us and receive more bedtime entertainment like this, all ad-free, please visit our support page at sleeptightstories.org support. Thank you. Esther and Araya have been walking for what feels like forever, when Araya finally agrees to let Esther take a break. Esther doesn't understand why Araya speaks to her the way she does, but they talk a little as they rest. Araya seems to finally relax a bit. When they start up again, they continue to talk, but when Araya comes to a sudden stop, Esther knows that something must be wrong. There is no one there, and now they need to find out where they went and why. The Magical Book of Dreams, Part 15 Esther and Araya stood there in silence for what Esther felt was an eternity. Esther was used to quiet, Shirewood was too quiet for her taste, but this was something else altogether. There were no birds, no clucking or bleating of distant creatures, no wind flowing through the leaves, no sounds of elders stroking their fires, not even the annoying sounds of insects buzzing as they came too close to your ears. It was still except for the sound of Esther's heart, which was now beating hard. What would they do now? Breaking the silence, Araya sighed deeply. Well, isn't that just great? The fog was still thick on the glade, which made the already gray landscape all the more difficult to discern. Stick close to me, little princess, Araya said with some sarcasm. I need to look for signs as to what happened here and where Gimbal might have taken the people. Shouldn't we go back? Esther asked. Go back? No, we won't go back. I promised Eliza to take you to Gimbal, and I plan to fulfill my promise. But if they aren't here... Then how can you deliver me, Esther said, starting to feel a little scared. Fear was a new emotion for Esther. Other than a life of doing boring tasks like the elders, there was nothing to fear in Shirewood. No talking while I look. If you see large sunken tracks, let me know. That would be the wagons they transport their heavy tents in to wherever they might have decided to go. At least, that's what I hope they have done, Araya said, as her face took on yet another shade of seriousness. And, as if she sensed Esther's fear and wanted to stir her emotions even more, she added, If you see something moving, don't scream. They like that. Great, Esther thought. Just great. Esther followed Araya around the flattened earth of what was supposed to be a settlement for what felt like a cycle. 
But since the sun was hard to follow, Esther had no idea of the passage of time, except that her legs were getting sore. She should have spent more time outdoors like her little stinker of a brother, instead of reading books all the time. It felt a bit like Follow the Elder, a game she played when she was young, except you always got some treats at the end of that game, and you weren't warned to not scream without telling you why. I found it, Araya said quietly. I would be much more excited if I found something in this endless gray, especially if it meant I might get to rest, Esther thought. What did you find? Follow me over here, Araya said to Esther, obviously somewhat proud that she had found something, whatever that something was. These little tracks here are probably why they decided to leave this area. Araya pointed to many small tracks in the grayish dirt. These are the tracks of the Chicklore, and they are a menace to all who still live on the glade. Araya indicated that Esther should continue to follow her. Here is the direction that they went, Araya said, pointing to a long series of deep tracks that looked to Esther's eyes to have been made by large, heavy two-wheeled wagons. This is the direction we must go, but we must hurry. There is little shelter in this direction, no dead trees in which to start a fire, and nowhere comfortable to lay our head. We must reach their camp before the sun disappears completely. I hope you have some strength left in those skinny legs of yours, old helpless one. Araya said, as she immediately set forth on the trail forged by the wagons. After a while, for what felt like an eternity, they set into a rhythm of walking. And since Araya still had a face of stone, Esther didn't dare to break their silence. So her mind wandered, going back to her life in Shirewood. It had only been a couple of cycles, but already Esther felt like her life at home was a distant memory. She never thought she would, but she missed the flowers, the stone-covered moss and vines that bloomed in summer, people's gardens, the moss, and the green. She missed the smell of wood burning and cooking all manner of foods, she missed her mother's pot of stew. Her stomach started making incredibly loud noises. Why did I have to think of food? She thought to herself. Is that your stomach I hear? Araya said with a laugh, breaking the silence. Yes, Esther said, just a bit embarrassed, her face turning red, a pleasant contrast to the gray. Sometimes my stomach talks to me. That sounds more like yelling than talking. I thought they taught you people in Shirewood to never yell. Araya was clearly enjoying the sounds coming out of my stomach, Esther thought. Here is something for you to eat, Araya said as she handed Esther a piece of something brown and slightly sticky. 
Thank you, Esther said. Eliza did send me with something. If you want, I can share it with you. No, you keep it. Eliza is a great cook, but I prefer this food when I am walking the glade. After taking a bite, Esther asked, It's chewy and slightly sweet. What is it called? It's molastic. I take food from the ground and combine it with a syrup extracted from the molas tree, a rare tree found in the depths of the glade. It will keep you walking for cycles upon cycles. It lasts forever. If you find yourself here for as long as the rest of your kind, I will teach you the recipe. Seeing that Araya's face looked more relaxed, Esther decided to walk beside her and asked, What exactly were those tracks you were so worried about? They couldn't have been any larger than a spoon. Those tracks are from the chick lore. The chick lore is about the size of a small dog, but with delicate feather-like scales covering its body instead of fur or feathers. Its scales used to shimmer in iridescent blues and purples, but most chiclores now appear dull, ashen gray, due to the dark artifact. They used to be curious and playful creatures, but now they harass all those they come upon. They used to feed on insects and berries, but now, well, they too do the artifact's bidding. But they won't hurt us, right? Well, I didn't say that now, did I? Araya said, smiling. It's best you keep up with me, or you might find out. With that comment, Esther found the energy to walk a bit faster. Or it might have been the molastic. I know I have only been here a short time, but I don't understand what has happened here and why I was rushed out the door this morning. I'm not much of a talker or an explainer. That's Eliza's job, and whatever other elder is still around. I'm young, so I do things and don't fret about the past. You won't get much more out of me than you already know. The artifact has influenced the queen, and you can see the result all around you. I know of nothing else which makes me an ideal knight for the elders. They long for a return to what was before, to color, to good magic. I can find beauty in the gray and simply want a good future for myself and my people. You best keep your questions for Gimbal. He's full of stories. Is it much farther? Esther started to notice her legs again. We have to climb that tall bluff up ahead, and then I suspect they will be camped on the other side. If you can keep up, it won't be long. Tall bluff, Esther thought to herself. That looked like the mountains to the north of the mystical forest she had read about. How was she going to ever climb that? Tell me more about the book Eliza was so excited about, Araya said. Esther didn't know that Eliza was excited about her book. There isn't much to say. 
I found the book in a box made of rock on a trail that travelers to the unknown realm used to walk on. It has a patterned leather cover with what looks like pictures of gnomes, unicorns, and fairies. No markings or whatnot. I thought it was simply a diary or journal, but for the map inside. Gimble likes to make everything a mystery. Why not just leave a sign that said, those that are worthy can read the book and find the way to the glade? I don't understand, Esther replied. You will, but first, we need to get to the top of that bluff. Esther and Araya pushed forward as they neared the crest of the high bluff. The haunting, synchronized melodies of distant, unseen creatures echoed through the vast emptiness. Chicklores, Araya said. Try to keep up. It will be most unfortunate if they catch our scent and find the encampment. Each step they took sent small puffs of arid dust into the air. The smell dry and earthy, tinged with the faint scent of ancient, withered plants. With every step, Esther's breathing grew heavier, her feet dragging through the loose, gravelly soil. Her legs hurt more than ever. Araya, noticing her struggle, scowled at her, but slowed her pace all the same. The muffled atmosphere made everything eerily silent, the fog dampening what sound there was. The few tufts of stubborn vegetation they came across rustled gently, moved by a light breeze that felt like the softest whisper against their skin. The muted sun started to show its face, but only cast a diffused light, making the world appear less gray and more inviting. When they finally reached the top, both paused, their gaze drawn to the silhouette of the settlement below. We made it, Esther said, completely out of breath. There is no way that was a simple bluff that felt more like I was climbing a mountain. That's because your legs are thin like a chickalore's. Stay in the glades long enough, and if you can find food, you will develop strong legs. I guess that is the encampment below. It looks close. We should be able to get there in no time at all, Esther said, feeling relieved that perhaps this day's journey was coming to an end. Yes. It is obviously quite close, but I am afraid there is an obstacle in our way. Obstacle? Esther asked. It's a flat walk all the way down this mountain. It shouldn't take... Before Esther could finish her sentence, a shadow came into her view. Someone was standing ahead of them, just outside the encampment. The cloaked figure stood motionless a silhouette against the pale backdrop of the fog-enveloped encampment, its form barely distinguishable from the surrounding mist. Esther, catching her breath, nudged Araya silently, pointing towards the mysterious stranger. Their eyes met, Araya's eyes filled with determination, Esther's trepidation. 
The cloak, rustling gently in the breeze, concealed all but the faintest glint of two eyes, watching them intently from beneath the hood. You could almost feel the tension, or so Esther thought. Araya's face took on that seriousness again. Who or what is that? Esther asked. And why are they just standing there looking at us? I don't know who that is, but it's obvious that they are there waiting for us. But we won't know for sure until we meet. Stay behind me, Araya said, as they both descended the tall bluff toward the encampment and the shadowy figure standing before them. And that is the end of this part. Good night, sleep tight.